Hello and welcome to Real Time Strategy, a gaming podcast from PR Pros. I'm one of your PR Pros this week, Sam Mosier, joined by my co-host Caitlin Redwing. And today we're thrilled to have Second Winds Nick Calandra on the show. How are you doing today, Nick? Good. It's uh, was raining. Now it's snowing. <laughs> I've uh, just given up on my my wood floors because my dogs will track all the mud in over and over again. Ooh, Keeping yeah. the floors clean in winter is a losing battle, <laughs> especially yeah, with dogs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've just. Uh, you know, I just stay in my office where it's a little bit cleaner. But like, hopefully it's just hardwood floors. My last house. Yeah, it's just hardwood floors. And but it's a, all carpet and yeah. husky and mud and snow all the time. Yeah, it's a, as a new homeowner, I've just set aside money for a spring cleaning every, every year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, uh, that's very smart. Nick and I were bonding before we started rolling uh, that we're both in Kansas City and amidst recording, we're getting, as Nick noted, potentially three to five inches or all the way up to a foot of snow. Um, my my podcast producer anxiety set in yesterday of like, oh, no, what if Nick and I, Nick or I lose our Wi-Fi in the middle of recording, but <laughs> knock on wood that we're that we're good. <laughs> so you're you're telling me I shouldn't complain about the 50 degree weather we're having in L.A. and how I'm so cold right now. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I'm not in good company. This is not a safe space. Noted. Got it. <laughs> I I got my annual notice from my apartment complex like an hour ago being like, make sure all your cabinets are open under your sinks and, you oh, know, boy. airflow. Oh. We had some major like burst pipe issues on the complex last year. So fingers crossed as we get into eight degree weather this weekend that we survive. You know, it has it really hasn't been that cold this winter though. It's been no, weird. This exactly. Been weird. But it's usually like February where we start getting those like negative wind chills and stuff, and and then I don't oh. like going outside then. That's but I'm, I'm weird. Say. I don't even own a I don't even own a winter coat. So <laughs> wow, that's oh. hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just I just wear like a thermal uh, shirt and a sweater over it, and I'm good to go. <laughs> All right. Do Styling. you at least wear like pants in the winter, or are you like yeah, one I of those wear pants. that wear <laughs> shorts? Okay. I mean, it, it, you know, shorts. As long as the snow doesn't like reach my knees, I'll wear shorts. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, Nick, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, for those listening or watching, Nick is the co-founder and editor-in-chief of Second Wind, an employee-owned and fan-funded gaming outlet launched last November. Uh, so we're happy to have him join two months later to talk all about it. You may know Nick from his time as editor-in-chief at The Escapist, and that means Second Wind is perfect for you as it's now the home to The Escapist's former video team. So Nick, again, excited to dive into all things Second Wind in just a bit, but we always like to start when we have a guest with a warm-up question and, you know, with the start of 2024 being right now, uh, what games are you looking forward to playing this year? Uh, well, I'm playing one of them now. Can't talk about it as a PR <laughs> pros, you guys know, NDAs, but uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking like towards a lot of different things this year. I, I, my, our community really wants me to get into trying more RTS games. Like pretty much the last four years, I've kind of tried like a different genre every year that I normally wouldn't get into. Uh, so like when I started at Escapist, that was the Souls games. Then the next year I got into Rogues. Uh, last year, I don't even know what happened last year. It's been a world in a couple <laughs> months. Uh, and then this year, yeah, it's RTS and more strategy, strategy oriented stuff. So uh, just kind of keeping an eye on stuff like Manor Lords and uh, I think uh, Pioneers of Pagonia just came out not too long ago. So I'm looking forward to checking that out. Uh, but in general, 
yeah, just a lot, a lot more strategy games this year, I think. That's what I'm going to get into. I like it. Oh, Pioneers of Pagonia has been on my wish list. That's a good one. Yeah, it's from the original creator of The Settlers, I think. Yeah. Yes. So I remember seeing this of, game in one of the showcases Envision, last year. Envision Entertainment. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the developer. Yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of city builders are kind of coming back in a big way. So I've been, been looking forward to checking out a lot of those and a lot of the yeah. CRPGs coming out. I think my most like played game, honestly, last year was Dorth Romantique, which I might be mm-hmm. saying that correctly, but kind of like a city builder puzzle game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, throw on a podcast. I pull that up on my computer and that is been a, a nightly routine for me for a while now. Nice. Yeah, I got I got back into playing Wild Frost over the winter break quite a bit again. Uh, if you haven't played that, it's a rogue, roguelike deck builder. Uh, very challenging game, but I think it's a very much overlooked gem for people that like Slay the Spire and stuff like that. Yes, that's. I was like, I just got into Slay the Spire the past couple of years, so mm-hmm. I added this to my like wish list once that game like loses its not appeal, but just like once I've played it enough, where I'm like, I need something new, but. <laughs> yeah. I, I've probably put like a hundred hours at least into Slay the Spire and s- still go t- like go back to it often. But yeah, Wild Frost, I'll, I'll have to keep my eye on and should probably just like go ahead and buy that one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's uh, be careful with that one. Like the music and art <laughs> and everything gets really addicting really easily. So, so you you mentioned last year being a, a whirlwind. What was your game of the year for twenty twenty three? Lords of the Fallen actually nice so yeah what about all the right yeah compared to like liza p what about lords of the fallen made it your uh souls like of the year uh i'm just a huge dark fantasy you know stylistic guy so uh got to see that at gdc back in march and i was instantly blown away by it uh and that you know the developers the lead developer and the creative director and it's just like super fun guy to talk to super really pat like super passionate about that project and uh, just uh yeah i played through a bunch of it and like during the press period we actually there was some game breaking bugs in it including one that uh, if you got unlucky it wiped all your progress so i was about 30 hours into this thing and then it wiped my progress oh and, uh, no but you know what i was like you know what fuck it i, I enjoy the game i'm going back <laughs> and so i played another 50 hours and completed it before the review embargo was up so I was like, that's uh pretty easily my game of the year Baldur's yeah, Gate that's, three's that's a, when you know it's a good one yeah Baldur's <laughs> Gate three is a very close second i just haven't finished act three yet I, some whatever I, I love larian's games obviously i did the documentary on them but uh whenever i get to act three of their games i tend to burn out and i'm like i gotta come back to this at some point in the future <laughs> yeah it's yeah. I've I've had a lot of fun listening to all of the the game of the year podcasts across you know a bunch of different outlets over the last couple of weeks and mm-hmm. it, it's you know just impressive that like Baldur's Gate three has made such an impression when understandably me included so few people have have uh, not completed it or even in my case get uh, gotten past Act one um, but just there's just <laughs> yeah. so much great stuff there that like I don't want to leave any stones unturned much less like the idea of playing it again and I'm sure uncovering mm-hmm. all even more stuff I missed the first time around, but that's probably another lifetime away from me. It's, I don't like, I've only played, oh gosh, I think I'm, I, I haven't finished either. I think I got to act three, but I've only played as Tav. And like the mm. fact that you can play like any of the characters, like, and so many people have, I'm like, I don't know this, that would have to be the only game I ever play for the rest of my life to even get to that point, because there's so much to do just as like, 
that the like that original character that mm-hmm. to to even think about going expanding and playing anybody else with the campaign it's, it's overwhelming but yeah it's once you realize just how much they put into that game it's like yeah that, that game deserves game of the year that's flowers everything that's oh, yeah. what did you make it to the end nick uh no i have not finished act three yet i'm 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 there i uh like i said i don't know if you've ever played divinity original sin 2 but like act one and two of those games is also extremely long and then you get yeah. to act three and it's like all right i need a i need a little break yeah. but also just being in games media and having to check out a million different games kind of kind of puts yeah. the pause on super long games like that yeah i think i was playing that <laughs> or and getting then... fired <laughs> that too that'll do it i was like i think yeah. spider-man 2 is the next one that came out that i was like i jumped to i believe mm-hmm. after Baldur's gate there might have been something else in there maybe it was alan wake too but first i can't i can't remember it's all a blur and i didn't get laid off so <laughs> i can only yeah. imagine adding <laughs> that little fun that little fun surprise into everything yeah and and the starting your own adventure and outlet like just yep a day later <laughs> yeah <laughs> the same night basically <laughs> so so let's get into it right right then and there before we get into the backstory of it all uh, nick for those listening and watching uninitiated uh what is what is second wind uh second wind is essentially a games commentary and critique outlet uh we focus mostly on video essays and fun things like our adventure is nigh show uh our D show adventure is nigh uh we do a lot of podcasts we do a lot of live streams we do event streams uh we do just all kinds of different things that we just think our community will find fun and interesting or it's kind of our our three key pillars is a uh, fun interesting and informative uh same thing we were doing back at escapist and so uh yeah just a large variety of different people doing a lot of different stuff every day yeah so then you know we, we've hinted at it or, or, or dropped it but for those who might not know the full story walk us through how second wind came about sure uh so yeah i became editor-in-chief of the escapist back in july of 2019 uh before that i was managing editor of video for just a few months and then the uh former editor-in-chief before me went on twitter and you know did his thing on there Uh, So I became editor-in-chief and kind of was tasked with rebuilding the entire brand from the ground up because everybody hated it because of all the Gamergate stuff that happened with there, um, which as somebody that had just run my own outlets before that uh, with, you know, maybe a few hundred thousand people, suddenly I'm in charge of a YouTube channel with over a million subscribers. I'm like, oh God, like this community is going to hate me, do all this different (laughs) stuff. Uh, So I've talked about this story a lot about other podcasts, but um, in general, just yeah, over the last five years, pretty much just spent that time kind of rebuilding the brand, getting people to trust the brand again, changing its image into a very positive, very friendly place to be um, brought in both legacy creators like Jack Packard and Marty Sleva and stuff like that, while also bringing in new faces like, I guess, myself and uh, Casey Wosu, Amy Campbell and Jesse Galena and a bunch of other people to uh, just kind of try and bridge that gap between old and new and also just create content that wasn't clickbait content that was a really premium feeling content that you know people would actually want to watch or listen or read and not just yell about on the internet so really (laughs) didn't put a lot of time in the twitter or anything like that really just focused on building a really strong community that uh really had our backs and when a push came to shove uh in 
on November 6th, I got fired uh, unexpectedly from the escapist by a gamers group uh, for not meeting meeting goals, which I'm, I'm more free to say what those goals were now. But, you know, basically in September um, of last year, <laughs> the CEO basically was like, yeah, go from 5.4 million views to 10 million views by December. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> how are we going to do that? And then they have an answer for me. So, you know, uh, basically the entire goal on their side is just to kind of push content people to do as much as possible. That's their entire SEO strategies. Just publish as much shit as, as they can to get as much traffic as they can while paying people chunk change. So, uh, so we got, I got fired. Uh, Jack Packard got fired. Uh, Matt Laughlin got fired. Uh, a few other people got fired. Uh, Jesse Schwab got fired. And then pretty much the rest of the team said, fuck it. We're walking out together. And then that night basically <laughs> started building a business plan. It was like, what are we doing next? Okay. Second win. Okay. Go grab the YouTube channel. Let's go. <laughs> it's honestly, it happened so fast that I was convinced you just had like a glass box that said break in case of emergency. And you were like, <laughs> no, I already same. have my, I already have my, my backup plan ready because it, it was so quick, but I, I mean like yeah. it all happened so quickly. You all got laid off or quit just in the span of a day. And I, yeah. I, I can only imagine the, the emotions that you were all feeling that day and just like instead of you're like let's let's take a second to wallow and then grab a drink (laughs) or a pint of ice cream or something and then like get back to work nope i uh yeah i got i got fired that day and i you know i spent you know we we were basically we we knew you know i said on other podcasts like we kind of knew something was coming that morning because i was waiting all morning, all day for a call with my boss at the time, Greg Johnson. And he just didn't respond to me, didn't respond to Omar. So, you know, as as being the editor in chief and having been in the room when other people have gotten fired, I kind of knew what was coming. Mm. Um, So we were like in our, in a Google meet trying to figure out like, what are we doing? Are we, are we, are we leaving? Are we staying? What, what, what's going on? And then, you know, I get the call while I'm in that Google meet call, I get the call <laughs> to like, go get fired. And I'm like, all right, guys, I'll be right back. I'm going to go get fired. Come back two <laughs> minutes later. I'm back. I was like, all right, I was fired. And then one by one people started dropping. And so while people are dropping, we're like having this discussion of like, what do we, what do we do? Um, we want to stick together as a team. Okay. We're, I guess we're sticking together as a team or we are the rest of you walking out today. Yep. 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 Okay. Let's go. Um, so yeah, it was, it was really quick and really until, really until Christmas break, I was just running on adrenaline for the past yeah. month and a half just cause, um, you know, we started building the plan that night when we all got let go of like, all right, we need to, we need to jump on this and take control of the situation before gamers does. How do we do that? Okay. Well, we need to get you direct people to a place to go so that they could follow us. So this thing doesn't become all broken up and sporadic and everything like that. Um, so as I've said before, like I grabbed, I grabbed a YouTube account called the getaway, uh, which people found (laughs) online and were like, Oh, like you guys, you guys must've known this was happening days before. Well, I had just grabbed that account because I wasn't getting responses from anybody for like three days. So I'm like, okay, I need Mm -hmm. a backup plan now. Um, I need, I need a place to just direct people to if this does all go South very quickly. Um, having no idea that it was going to go South that quickly. Um, so that that's actually the account name of second wind is the getaway. Um, <laughs> so that, that, that all happens. And, 
and then we I put together the Patreon page. And I'm literally just copying over stuff that we did on the escapism. I'm like, here's the tiers, here's whatever this is. No plan to launch this thing. And then somebody, when we announced we're doing second win, Googles the Patreon and finds it right away. I mean, this thing hasn't even been live 24 hours yet. Like, how did you find this thing? It can't even be like, it can't even be cached. And then it was like, oh, somebody has subscribed to the highest tier. We're like, oh, shit. Like, we don't have anything ready. What do we do? What do we do? Uh, let's just tell people about it. Fuck it. <laughs> so, so then we're the entire last month and a half. Like, it's just been making sure we grab a hold of that momentum and all, and really, you know, get on it you know no just go basically it's like a once in a lifetime opportunity i think to kind of take control of our future and everybody wanted the same thing yeah and you guys have kind of carried over that or carried forward that mentality of like just fuck it let's just tell people um Mm. so so my cat is desperate to be (laughs) on this podcast today um (laughs) but like I, i know I'm jumping ahead in our outline, but yeah, you guys recently put out your uh, quarterly revenue report for at the mm-hmm. end of the year for 2023, which is, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody put something that <laughs> is this transparent out on <laughs> how much your income is, where it's coming from, like what your guys' mm-hmm. plans are for like paying people is when you guys kind of were like think, building your business plan and what you wanted second wind to be, is this something that you were like, we want to be transparent or is this just kind of something that happened after you realized with the Patreon thing and you're like, we might as well just tell people about it and be upfront. Just uh, what was the mind, the the process behind this decision? Um, and I guess how, how you feel about it now that you've done it. Yeah. Um, so back at the escapist, uh, I would do a quarterly quarterly report actually with our, our Patreon backers on there because I feel like having been in media for over a decade now, like, People don't, I don't think people like appreciate how much it goes into making a video essay or content and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, especially under a corporate company, when we had a patron, you kind of have to like, you kind of have to justify it, right? Because like, shouldn't the corporation be paying? Shouldn't the corporation be funding these projects? Shouldn't they be paying your paycheck so that you can live? Like, what, what is the point of us having a subscription service? And so a lot of my quarterly report was kind of telling the audience like, hey, look, like, you may see that Yahtzee's doing 300,000, 500,000 views on a video. You may see our other videos doing 50,000, 100,000. But when you look at the ad revenue, like even Yahtzee's not paying for himself anymore because the ad revenue just dries up year after year, right? So when we actually show them like, hey, like your Patreon contributions are making this doable for us. And this is the way that corporate media has to go if it wants to survive. And, you know, when you're running these things and like, the people up at top or repeatedly tell me it's chunk change. It doesn't matter. Like Patreon doesn't matter. You know, you, you have, we had ad free options on our website that was bringing in, you know, $500,000 a month, whatever it was. And they just continually tell you it's chunk change. I'm like, that's money. That's like guaranteed every month where views can go one way or the other. CPMs can change every, every week. And you can't like guess at all you can't plan when you're running a corporate media website if you're only using organic ad revenue so by the time for like the last three years like i've known every month basically what we were able to bring in on the escapist and so like i always kept my expectations in check and so uh as i've kind of relayed the story to other people like 
I had always tried to keep escapists within a, a margin of profitability where like, okay, if we get a big sponsor this month, if we sell a bunch of merch, whatever, like we will break that eat break even line or go profitable. Might not be very much, but at least we're there. And the corporate guys are just like, no, we only want the six figure deals that they never seem to get because <laughs> all these mm-hmm. websites keep dying, obviously. So I was always really real real realistic with our Patreon backers and our community and everything, which is why they followed us over because like they know, they know the business now I've, I've taught them how media <laughs> works. And I think once people actually realize like how much Patreon brings in compared to YouTube and that's what our, our revenue breakdown shows. And if you go read the comments on our community post or anything, people are like, Whoa, like YouTube doesn't pay you shit. I'm like, yeah, that's, I've been <laughs> telling you that for years. Like, It's not viable. Even the biggest of biggest content creators don't rely on YouTube for ad revenue. Why do you think, you know, Mr. Beast does burger shops or whatever, you know, he's <laughs> got to bring in other sources of revenue. Um, yeah. He, so he's really not actually just a, passionate about burgers or anything. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just money for him. Like he's just putting his brand out on food and everything to, you know, pay those bills so he can do those million dollar productions. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, you know, I'm sure both of you follow me on Twitter for a while. Like, I'm a big advocate of um, just the sustainability of media. And mm-hmm. even when I was running my own sites before I was corporate, like, I was always stressed out because I would get a, you know, offer. Um, they're not called Crave Online anymore, but they used to be called Crave Online, um, basically yeah. a head supplier. And back when I was running only a single player, they, call me up and give me a deal for like, Oh, you know, we're going to make it financially viable for you to run your site. And the first month I get like a $1,500 paycheck. I'm like, Holy shit, this is a lot of money as a 15 year old kid. And then the <laughs> next month it's like $200. And this is after I've like told my parents like, Hey, I made it. And then it's like, Oh, fuck, nope. <laughs> I suck again. So, um, even before, you know, I became editor in chief of the escapist, like I knew just how hard it is to earn ad dollars and, um, anybody in games media that's you know put articles out it's like oh that got ten thousand views okay you made five bucks great you know why yeah why am i putting all this work in if ten thousand views doesn't net me anything like can you imagine ten thousand people sitting in front of you in the stadium reading your article like shouldn't you get some money out of that yeah (laughs) so uh my analogy to corporate owners for the last five years has been I want 10,000 people reading our stuff, giving us $2 a month. I don't care about a million people reading my stuff and I get $5,000 in ad revenue. Mm-hmm. And obviously that was never going to jive. So I'm sure my time was always limited in corporate media. Um, but with the the growth that we had, I figured like, you know, we're doing okay. Maybe, maybe I can make this work and maybe I can transfer this skill set to other websites in the network and help them build communities and stuff. But I just, they never took me up on it. Yeah. It's, I mean, I'm not a psychologist, but I, it's just people want to support creators. And once Mm -hmm. you have like a face and a name to something and you like that person, you're like, I, if, even if it's just a dollar a month, like I, I want to support that. We, we, that's where the success of like Twitch comes from and subscribers and, um, patreon and stuff like that it's hard to have someone be like oh pay money to the escapist or ign or GameSpot, where it's just like it's just a brand name it's just it's owned by corporate media and no one wants to do that or like i don't know you go to like every single news site nowadays and not every single but a lot of them and it's behind a paywall and you're like 
uh, I don't know who, where this money's going yeah. to, I don't know who's, who's pocketing this. Is it going to the writer? I've always right. been an advocate of like follow writers or content creators that you enjoy, not like, not a brand name per se, or like a big, like a corporate company, like mm. find the people that you enjoy, like the content that they create and find ways to support them. Do they have a Ko-Fi? Do they have a Patreon? It's, people are much more willing and want to give their money to those people. I, there's also something there about like tipping culture and in certain scenarios where we want to tip and it, it does make us feel good. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, the uh, independent it, it doesn't make me oh, feel go good anymore. Where like I go to a fast food restaurant, they're like, tip us at fast food. I'm like, you That's make different. billions yeah. of dollars. That's... Like, why are you not? <laughs> the, I don't have a problem constant, for service, but yeah. yeah the constant um, where like every single thing is asking for a tip now yeah. is yeah. that's not and a you good know feeling. It's not going to that employee. Mm -hmm. Correct. Correct. But yeah, yeah it's, when it's independently owned, especially you're like, oh, I, I know this is going to them and this is, yeah. they're helping them make a, a living and able to survive and continue to make content that we all enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. The, Let me close my door real quick. My dog. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> oh yeah. They, they can, they can feel and smell the snow coming. <laughs> <laughs> We were uh, we were talking before the break about the in, the transparency that Second Wind has taken, mm -hmm. and just the ever changing model and nature of monetization and games media, and especially with how SEO is always changing. Not to mention with something like Second Wind that houses all of its content on YouTube, the YouTube algorithm changes all the time and becomes increasingly unpredictable. So um, having that community base is, is so key. Nick, I'm curious, you know, you mentioned at the top talking about how this came about the, I mean, dare I say ridiculous uh, growth goals that they were asking for viewership. Was there ever thought of planning something like Second Wind earlier than you did? Had, had the team ever talked about going independent prior to you all doing so? Um. We, we, Yahtzee and I specifically had talked about maybe going independent because um, we had tried, we were thinking about buying the escape as before it was sold from Enthusiast Gaming to gamers uh, because we were basically like, how many, you know, how many more corporate owners are we going to have where we go through this every <laughs> three years or so? Um, and like, I, I, I always knew, like, personally, like, if Yahtzee went independent, he'd be more than fine. Um, it was more a question of like, does he need us? And, you know, when him and I had talked, like the idea was like, well, if he goes independent, you know, I'm just, you know, I'll go with him and r basically run the business for him because him and I work so well together. Um, we didn't really have a plan for like building a whole new media organization kind of thing, you know? <laughs> um, so once everything came to shove and everybody was like, cause like when, you know, when you, when you think about that, it's like, it's realistic for Yahtzee and I to go independent, right? Because like, it's supporting two of us, mm -hmm. uh, and everybody else like was a video editor or something doing it, something at gamers that, um, we figured they'd be fine, you know, staying there and doing what they're doing. You know, so they get a good, they get, they were paid well at gamers and everything. Um, so when everything happened and everybody's like, well, we all want to stick together and go independent. We're like, okay, I guess we're doing this. And so, <laughs> um, you know, we kind of put together like a what if scenario in our little business plan that I made. And I was like, well, yeah, hopefully we can do 12.5 K on Patreon, and then we'll need YouTube ad revenue. And then we're going to need like work for higher projects just to, just to make this thing happen. 
Um, so there was like no expectation that overnight we would be doing 60 grand on Patreon a month mm-hmm. for nine full-time people out of the gate. So yeah, and now, what, and now we I, have 12. <laughs> what was that reaction like amongst you all, you know, to the reception, to the launch? Uh, it, it took, I think it took really until like the first payment came through, like where we actually have funds in our account now that people are like, oh, this is real. Like this, this isn't going away overnight because everybody was kind of like worried that we were going to lose 50% of the Patreon after the first month because people were excited and, you know, wanted to help fund us. And I think the key message is like, you're supporting nine people with this money. Like it's not just one content creator, like you are building, helping build a new media organization and not just a podcasting group or whatever like that. It's like, this is like a true media business, which I don't think like, there's, there's a lot of independent media groups, but I think maybe aside from like kind of funny, there's not like a whole lot of like real media organizations that are funded completely by fans. Yeah, I, I feel like it's... Oh, go on, Caitlin. Okay, um, I was going to say, I feel like kind of funny is one of the like first or largest, most like successful examples of that. But I, I feel like mm-hmm. with like the MinMax show... Um, Janet Garcia just she has her own like Patreon there's a bunch of others that names are escaping me at the moment but like I feel like there's Mm. this I don't know if it's a growing trend or I'm just noticing it more but I feel like more and more people have started to like branch out into the more of the independent media ownership of if if it's a a brand that they've created or if it's themselves and they're branding them who they are um do you do you see that? Like, do you think that that's more of oh, a, yeah. a growing trend amongst people? Absolutely. And, yeah. yeah. It's a, uh, I, I mean, when you look at it now, like what, what does a corporate owner do at this point for media, right? It's a paycheck. That's all it is at this point. That's all they offer. Um, like uh, nefariously, like SEO is just a way for them to stay in power to me at this point. What else, what, what else does it serve at this point? Like the SEO is so, everybody's writing the same thing. Everybody's fighting for the same traffic. There's nothing unique about it. There's nothing interesting about it. They go on their PowerPoint presentations for their investors and go, we have 300 million readers a month. It's like, no, you don't. You have 300 million clicks a month. That's it. They don't give a shit about your brands, your people, or your anything you do. It's just a Google click. It means nothing. It's a fake number. Um, And that's something I, I knew the entire time. I was doing these things, which is why, you know, when I go try to in a meeting with those guys and be like, I need 10,000 people to be successful. I don't need 300 million readers a month. And then mm-hmm. when they do say that number and I come back to them, I'm like, okay, you have 300 million readers. Why are you not promoting our content to them? Why is Adventures and I only have 20, 30,000 views when you so supposedly have 300 million people reading your stuff every month? And they never have an answer for why they can't promote that stuff or they never come up with a reason to promote it. It's because they know it won't go anywhere. They know people won't come click on it. It's, uh, I, that's what, this is why I didn't sign an NDA because like so <laughs> much of what goes on this corporate media stuff and weirdly, like I was only in it for five years. There are people that have somehow put up with it for 10, 15 years. I feel like in my five years in the managers that I went through, I was in there for like 20 and what I come, came out of there with and, it's just so much bullshit. Like these guys don't work on the content you make. 
they don't even watch what you make. They couldn't even tell you what you make. And it's like, oh, it didn't get, you know, 2 million views. Well, then that's not worth doing. Let's cut it. I'm like, okay, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like there's, there's a connection there between that and the growing trend of these um, CEOs and corporate owners going to AI to write the content because mm-hmm. like you said, it's, it's an SEO game and they're just looking for clicks. And if an AI yeah. can write um, just facts and gosh, I'm hoping they're fact checking it. They're probably not. No, they probably don't know the content. <laughs> they so they're just, no, they don't they care. Don't so care. they're just like trusting yeah. an AI to just put out a bunch of words, garbage words that Google's going to pull up and people are going to click on, yeah. but it doesn't actually mean anything. Like that's that, no wonder that, or now that. or now they don't want to pay video editors like my guys. They're like, how do we go to Serbia or India and pay somebody twenty five dollars for a video? And right. I'm like, you know, you're just abusing people at this point. Like, it's <laughs> looking mm-hmm. for cheapest labor possible. You don't care about po- quantity, or you don't care about quality. You just want quantity. And mm-hmm. you know, when they come to me and are like, Yahtzee's only doing, you know, six videos a month, and I'm like yeah, he's got to review a game every week. Do you not realize like to actually talk about games, you have to play games like these. Yeah. These guys like, you know, I, I wish I, I was almost, t- I was tweeting yesterday about having been fired two months ago. And like one of the things I would just wish I said to these guys and hopefully they listen to this and hear me say it now, like you're going to ask somebody to make a video to get 10,000 views. You better know how to fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> Cause if you, if you don't have any, way of generating an audience why are you telling why should you ever be in charge of somebody else to tell them to get an audience yes mm-hmm. well it's because they d- they don't listen to things like this they they, they yeah. want other people to listen to it and then want them to like give them the highlights and tell them what they need to know and they're not yeah. going to tell them this because and then you work on those reports to... and they don't even read it anyway yeah it, that's because that, that was the looking... last like three months of my job <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I i swear to god i rewrote and re redid my business plan for escapist like between two different parent companies probably every three months i had to redo that stupid thing and i'm like it's the same thing i wrote to you last time here's where the money's going up here's where the views are going up here's why the views are are skewed because we had all these compilation videos that skewed our views but they didn't want to listen to any of that It's it's literally beating a dead horse, except I'm the dead horse that's getting beat over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> God. Well, to, 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 to run with this metaphor of uh, now the horse getting out of the stable. Um, yeah. you, you mentioned like the, the five years of working under corporate media ownership feeling like 10 to 15 years. So when, so when it came time for you and Yahtzee and, and the other people who have now formed Second Wind, uh, making and iterating on that business plan after you were let go um what were like the first things put on paper what were your founding tenets or goals if you will for forming something that was like fully owned and operated by you and your team sure um yeah we basically i mean (laughs) what we were doing at the escapist was working like if i if i showed you the graphs of our numbers going up like clearly it was there um so we really just copied over our business model from what we were doing at the escapist. And then we wanted to give everything like the 2.0 sheen that we never got to get <laughs> have time to make at the escapist. Cause we just had to pump out content. Um, so we, we upped the quality of everything we were doing. We really wanted to make everything feel a lot more professional now that we're independent. Um, we wanted to be transparent with our funds, uh, make it clear, like we're going to pay people fairly and, and, you know, treat 
people in media, how we wanted to be treated the entire time we were working at corporate media outlets. Um, and then the other part was like something I, I also advocated for under escapist was like, if, if Yahtzee leaves zero punctuation is worthless to me aside from people viewing legacy content and driving some ad revenue. So like, why would I not give him back the IP to the thing that he created or why would frost like a frost leaves and cold take cold take is frost and that's what these mm-hmm. corporate guys don't get either is like why are we paying yahtzee all this money you know we could just do zero punctuation with anybody like okay go ahead and try see how that goes <laughs> for you um, so like there is no value to the escapist or any of these corporate sites keeping a column or a video or whatever a brand that is created by that creator which is why they all go independent these days because they don't they don't need the middleman um mm-hmm to raise funds for the stuff that they make. So like the escapist, as I was bringing in new creators, like I gave them very favorable terms to say like, all right, I will help you. I will help you grow your audience. I will put you in front of an audience, uh, help you brand yourself, help you up the quality. And like, but you as the creator will get to keep your stuff. If you ever decide to leave and hopefully you don't leave because I'm treating you right. And you're being paid well. And, like you're part of a team and actually collaborating with people, which is, you know, they end up being the reason probably why Yahtzee's with us now is because he got to actually collaborate and be part of a team and not just submit his work for exposure and money. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that was a big part of like second wind is keeping those core tenets of uh, my camera just shut off. So we're back. Nick's camera is working. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, last uh, where we left off, Nick, you were talking about, again, just circling back to this idea of the the personalities, the creators, the people with the voice being the thing that brings in the community. And that's, you know, the draw for Yahtzee making now fully Ramblematic at Second Wind instead of, you know, zero punctuation and escapist. Um, for, and, and that was part of this larger conversation about the, you know, the, the pillars of your, of your business plan. Yeah. Did we cover all of those? Was there anything else you wanted to, to shout from that? Uh, you know, the last thing is we're, we're actually organized as a worker co-op. Um, so we have employee owners. Uh, so the nine of us are, are founders and over time, you know, more people that come in will be employee owners potentially as well. Um, so lots of, uh, paperwork and all that to figure out for, you know, divvying up how, how that ownership works. Um, mm-hmm. but in general, like everybody kind of has a stake in the company. And, um, if you've ever looked at like defector media, they release a annual report of how their company operates every year. And so basically in a worker co-op like this, basically, you know, your profits first go towards paying the business for the next year. And then at some point, probably not next year, maybe the year after, hopefully, but, uh, we'll see like a percentage of those profits gets basically divvied up amongst the employee owners as a, as end of year bonus, um, so if we do really well, we can do really well. If we, you know, if we do enough to be uh, sustainable, that's great too. So we're not, you know, we're not in this for the profit. We're in it for just enjoying our jobs and being paid to do it. And talking about this, this business plan, we've talked high level a lot about second wind, but you know, Caitlin noted like how impressed we have been by the transparency of it. Another thing that we've both been impressed by is just the, 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 the clean pivot of it all like how quickly you all were putting out regular series and <laughs> as someone who struggles to like on the personal side put out like a video like a year uh doing it on that regular basis blows my mind um so was it pretty easy to transfer that work process from the escapist to an independent venture 
or like especially like creating all the graphics packages and the new the new titles and all of that um i wouldn't say it was easy uh obviously <laughs> you know we got to create new brands and everything but um javid starrett who uh operates as good blood on youtube uh i had recently brought him on to the escapist to be um do video series with us and work on documentaries and all that and he was actually like the first person i had to let go before i got let go um you know just we were just contracting went out and everything so i I had to let him go and then as soon as like second wind started i was like hey like you're coming with us like we need you and he he's like oh yeah hell yeah like he's here to do it all so um he's just a graphics wizard so he you know, he got our logo up right away. I basically, I had just gotten a uh, plaid shirt in the mail from Stitch Fix that had like the colors <laughs> that are the logo, the, the, the red, <laughs> like the teal blue and the white. And I'm like, I looked at these colors, like I like this color palette. Um, uh, here, use these colors and <laughs> do something with it. <laughs> and he came back with the logo. I was like, that was fucking great. Let's go. Push That's that awesome. <laughs> um, so then, yeah, as far as like the shows go, like, you know, we, we just have a team of creatives. So, you know, we started coming up with ideas and, uh, you know, Volley Ramblematic was pretty easy for Yahtzee and, you know, brought his brand back. And then, you know, all the other stuff that we were doing, Cold Take, Frost owned from the Escapist. So we got to do that. Design Delve, we got to just continue. So a lot of the stuff we were doing, we just continued. And now it's just in front of a much larger audience and the audience those guys and gals have deserved from the start is just a lot of people didn't give the other stuff a chance because they only wanted they only wanted zero punctuation or so they said uh, mm-hmm. and now that like second wind is here and they're like oh Yahtzee really did care about those guys and was part of the team and they weren't just you know banking off of him and now that everybody's checking out right. a lot of new stuff how how did that work with once moving a lot of this those shows over from the escapist to second wind like Mm-hmm. how did you was that something like built into your contracts with the escapists that like you guys would own the content or the the shows after you left it just for my own thoughts yeah they, so i feel like after, they, would, they would have owned those no um after i came in um the first thing i did like a couple of the first things i did was one i got loading ready run back their stuff um so they got the rights back to their stuff um when bob left bob chipman left the escapist I got him rights, his rights back to the the big picture and all the content behind that. So like the way the contracts that I did worked out were like, you know, if Jay, Jay mate started design delve on the escapist, you know, he licensed out some of his episodes that he had already created that didn't get much of an audience to the escapist. So he really owned those. And then the ones that he created with us, basically a, a clause I would always put in the contract is like, all right, after you leave, the escapist gets a hold on to it for a year and then it goes back to you. But if you get fired, you know, that's different. Um, so hmm. Jay basically owned all the rights to all of his shows, basically leased it to the escapist because um, it wasn't a brand built by the escapist. And same thing with like cold take. Um, cold takes a little bit differently because uh, Frost owned the brand, but not the episodes created on, on the escapist. So there was, there was some like clauses in there and all that, that, made it some transitions easier than others um obviously you know gamers group still owns all the rights to zero punctuation like we we don't want it back at this point you know we're just kind of moving on from it um but yeah aside from that like you know tried to i tried to keep it as simple as possible for creators while also like realizing like you know we work at a corporate company adventures and i was the tough one Uh, we had we had to fight for those rights so you get those back 
Mm-hmm. So for our uninitiated, you know, listeners, viewers who aren't familiar with Second Wind and your suite of content, could you break down the series that are regular? What would you recommend to certain sects of our audience? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, if, you know, if you liked Zero Punctuation, you'll you'll love Fully Remblematic. If you loved uh, Extra Punctuation, which is like Yazzie's video essay <laughs> series, you'll love Semi Remblematic. Uh, Cold Take is like another video essay series kind of about industry musings. Um, from Frost or Sebastian Ruse. And it's like when we built that show and I heard his voice for the first time, I was like, this, we need a, a noir aesthetic to this. Uh-huh. And so uh, <laughs> it's got that. Um, Bite Size is our kind of our replacement for 3MR, which uh, I know the industry really enjoyed that series. Uh, Gamers Group never cared about it, uh, but the industry loved it. So that's our like indie focus for the most part. There won't always be indie focus, but or for every video, but um, just nice, easy going video series about indie games we like and enjoy. Uh, we've got podcasts for everything. You know, we've got uh, the backdrop for movie and TV enthusiasts from Darren Mooney, who's probably the smartest guy on the internet about movie and tv he does an encyclopedia i don't know how he does it <laughs> he does all that stuff in his head and it doesn't explode uh and then design delve if you like game design with like a little bit of sass and humor that's a <laughs> good show for you as well and then we've got other stuff in the works we've got our uh, stuff of legends replacement which was our one of our newest shows on the escapist that was doing really well um it's basically just telling uh interesting stories from around the games industry or related to games in certain ways uh, with Frost and his great narration voice and like a humorous format as well uh, using ZP style animation or I guess uh, fully emblematic style animation as we're going to call it now. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Javid Starrett with Good Blood will be making the transition to Second Wind with his video series soon too. Along with other stuff that we're not sharing yet. <laughs> so pretty much something for everybody I, I think there's any type of content you'd, you'd want on games or movies or tv we've got it without all the yeah, content, you're, all the you're, angry, you're one stop shop yeah <laughs> exactly it's all it's all Kayla content are, that like i look forward to watching every week so <laughs> yeah it's nice to have uh, you know a, a games an outlet you know largely associated with gaming still you know doing really thoughtful commentary on movies and TV as well. Caitlin and I try to do that on this podcast. We're huge mm-hmm. movies, TV heads. So uh, the backdrop is, is great. And um, especially uh, having that Godzilla video right around Monarch and Godzilla minus mm-hmm. one was such, you know, it was perfect timing for that. So oh, yeah. excited to see all of the shows coming out from, from here on with, you know, I know there's also uh you know, written pieces going up on the Patreon and we have the videos on YouTube and the the podcast as editor in chief, what does your day-to-day or week-to-week look like? Uh, Right now I'm mostly like business. I'm doing a lot of business operations stuff. So um, we recently brought on um, a sales guy. So him and I have together been going out and getting a lot of sponsorship deals and everything like that. Um, We don't want to be in a position where uh, we are ever relying on one source of income. Uh, so, you know, we have Patreon, we have merch, uh, we have sponsors, you know, YouTube organic ad revenue and everything like that. Basically never want to be in a position where like if the Patreon overnight suddenly drops 20 grand and goes down to 40 grand a month, that's not going to be the end of second win. We have additional revenue streams coming in. Um, so that's kind of where we want to be. So my, my focus has been a lot on that. 
uh, doing the fun legal paperwork of getting contracts and job descriptions written up with Omar, our head of production. <laughs> um, a lot of, lot of, just a lot of like not so much fun stuff right now. Eventually yeah. I'd like to get back into more, uh, you know, content, actually creating content. Um, I'll be back streaming. I'm back streaming regularly now. So that's nice. Um, but yeah, a lot of my, a lot of my day to day is like just business and <laughs> running social media and keeping our audience annoyed on discord with notifications about our stuff and, uh, you know, updating Patreon and all that kind of stuff. And also just tracking mm-hmm. revenue by the minute as we, uh, near February and we start paying ourselves finally. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sure you guys are all none of us. Yeah. yeah, None of us full time has been paid since November. So (laughs) it's a little, I'm, I'm running a little ragged on that part, but you know, just knowing that we're going to be okay is cool. Uh, Now the question is taxes and, uh, and uh, whatchamacallit, uh, uh, benefits, figuring out how Mm -hmm. we're going to do that kind of stuff. So, Coming from, you know, your role as the IC at Escapist to now Second Wind and overseeing a lot of these operations, what skills were directly transferable? What things have surprised you over these last two months of, of running this operation that you now own? Um, probably the arrogant answer is going to be nothing really. Um, a lot of this, <laughs> I was really, Escapist was really run mostly as an independent operation. Like everything that I'm doing here, I was doing at the Escapist, like, there is supposed to be that separation between editorial and sales, but like we didn't have that luxury. Like we had to go out and do sales because we weren't getting sales from, you know, our corporate owners at enthusiast gaming at the time. Um, I, myself and John Frisch, our former managing editors sold more sponsors than they did for the escapist. Um, like the Eve documentary deal that we did with, you know, you guys were part of that. It uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> was more money that we brought in from any sponsor. Um, so like we, we knew we had to go make money and like that's i think that's one of the issues with like a lot of people in games media is they're only focused on the content and not the economics of that content and so like you know when people do get laid off and all that they don't really understand why um because they you know they see hey my article is bringing in five to ten thousand views or you know like there's people reading our stuff every day why are we not doing okay well, if you're separated from the sponsors and the sales, you don't really know what kind of money is actually being brought in, right? You know, just assume because you see a, you know, Ubisoft ad on your website that you're doing okay. And it's not always mm-hmm. the case. So um, I think one of the reasons why I'm still around in games media and, and why we're here today is just because my entire time in games media, even running my own websites was on shoestring budgets and, just trying to make our content as good as we possibly could so that people would recognize us for it and not ever relying on clickbait or pissing people off just to drive in views. Um, you know, I'm sure, you know, as you guys are on Twitter and all that, a lot of the <laughs> articles you see and all that, that gain the most attention are the ones that make everybody mad. And I don't think we intentionally ever had an article like that on escapists where people just, we just wrote something to get people mad and, and talking about it. You know, if it, if it ever happened, it was like unintentional on our part that we pissed somebody off. Um, so I think I think a lot of goodwill comes from that, too, for us is, you know, business minded thinking, not short term, but long term of like, well, if we want a community to support us money, they, they need a place where they want to stick around and be happy. Right. Like, you don't want to go to the IGN comments sections ever. <laughs> you never want to go in there. 
and like on our <laughs> comment sections like we never have to ban anybody because like they know the expectation is i'm gonna be here i'm gonna be an adult i'm gonna be civil or i'm gonna get banned you know yeah so, i i don't even know why the IGN has a comment section anymore to be it's honest. just to keep I, people coming back to the page for additional page views like that's that's the reason yeah. <laughs> you know if you get people pissed off at each other they come back and continue fighting and that's another page view every time they come reload that page to argue again so it must be exhausting yeah it's, it's, nobody wants to moderate it so it doesn't get moderated yeah. it only pisses off the people working on the content stresses them out so you know, if you actually put the time in, and I, I, I get yelled at on Twitter for advocating for this sometimes, it's like you put the time in and actually moderate your communities. And if somebody's just there to be an asshole, get them out of there. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't want to read it. You don't want to read it. The people that actually want to give us money don't want to read it. Only the people that want to hate us and not engage with anything we do besides yell at us are the ones reading it. Yeah. And they don't give you any money. And, and so many, I'm just going to call them keyboard warriors, don't. Mm-hmm. they forget that there's actual people on the other side of it. And I yeah. I've seen this just on Twitter and other social spaces, oh, yeah. just how much, how much it can affect someone. I had it directed as myself. I had people threaten to hack into a hospital. I was at to find my address, like crazy, yeah. insane, psychotic behavior. And I'm, I'm not a community, but like you, you have that in other spaces. And if you're not moderating that, you're also putting your own people in danger and not built, not giving them a lot of trust in yourself. If, if you're yeah. not protecting uh, just, them uh, in every way yeah, that you just, can. Yeah. And it just, you know, stresses them out. They become cynical. They don't actually write yeah. about games anymore. They write about what they're pissed off about all the time. So yeah, like my team never has to see that stuff. I moderate it. The second I see it, it's gone. Yeah. And so, you yeah. know, they're always thinking about what am I going to write about today? Not who am I going to piss off today? <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Right. What are who I have to be worried about? Like it's th- yeah. just such an a- added stress that they don't, they don't need. Yeah. Any other ways, you know, while we're talking about community, like what does that look like on the second win side? You mentioned the discord, what like advice would you give to other, whether it's independently run or smaller media outlets, like trying to organize and, uproot in a positive way their community like you said you did with the escapist about four years ago yeah um i think you just got to be willing to engage with your audience like i I, you know one of the one of the things that like i well first off like if you look at my team on twitter like you never i'm probably the one that's most active on twitter getting in the most arguments and even i you know (laughs) i'm still relatively civil about most of it (laughs) but like as far as my team goes like they're not on twitter spending all their time yelling at people or you know getting people to read their stuff on twitter like they're focused on the audience that's directly engaging with our content and we like we stream so often that like we recognize the people in chat we know their names like they a lot of them support us at the highest tiers and we do like private streams with them or like if they want to play a game with us privately we go get, play a game with them privately like i think um i think a lot of that's just been lost over the years of like you know it's the audience versus the creators and kind of thing and it's like we're right there with you like if we're playing halo with the community I will, I'll teabag one of my team and I'll teabag one of the community with no problem. <laughs> so, equal, you know, and they do it right back to me. when it comes yeah. to teabagging. Yeah. It's like, we're, we're like, we're not, we're not above the audience. We're like right here with you engaging and creating content to discuss with them. You know, it's not, we're not talking down to them. We're not creating content that, you know, we're like, we're smarter than you and we, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like we just want to create interesting stuff that 
they can communicate with. So I think, um, you know, I think, I, I think a lot of people in the space have gotten so jaded from interactions on Twitter that they forget to actually engage with the people that enjoy their work first and not the people that hate them, you know, over them. Uh, so that's kind of the, the big thing, like with the escapist and second wind is like, we just, you know, we prioritize people that are being friendly and, and that doesn't mean they don't ever criticize our work or disagree with it. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, somebody that comes in is just like, you know, you're insufferable. I'm like, okay, see ya. Don't need you here. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, Thanks for I'm a fan of the, yeah. the ban, the ban timeout buttons, like go away, shoo. We don't yeah. need you. I mean, yeah. huge huge fan of those and my my, <laughs> my team gets annoyed when i call those people out on stream but i'm like i want them to feel embarrassed for yeah. being an asshole <laughs> so yeah you know because like if i went to a bar and just said to the bartender you're insufferable i would expect to get pointed out and everybody start laughing and throwing their shit at right. me <laughs> so like you can't just do it on the internet expect nothing's gonna happen to you so right. community community knows me for uh for not holding back my my words when somebody pisses me off on the street. <laughs> well, we've covered a lot to look forward to this year. You know, well, a first of all, for you all getting paid in February, hell yes to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Couple other shows that you teased at. Looking forward to those coming out. Um, what are the other like either big picture or or just smaller things that you're looking forward to or goals you've set for the year ahead? Uh, it's really just. Really, this year is just about getting sustainable and getting organized. Um, you know, we're doing, we're doing, we got incorporated the week before Christmas, so we're we're done with that. Now we're now we're working with CPAs to get taxes. We got to get HR solution going. It's crazy. I mean, I did. Who knew? In two months, we'd be figuring out how to use Rippling or Gusto or trying not to pay ourselves and have it automated <laughs> so that we have salaries again. Um, and we just, yeah, we just need to continue raising money. Really, I mean. We're, we're doing okay. Um, we're, you know, it's, it's out there for people to see so they can see that we're doing well. And then after we start paying salaries, they're like, Oh, you guys probably do need a little bit more money. <laughs> That's <60 laughs> yeah. a month. goes a long way. But, uh, you know, when you add in benefits and all that stuff, yeah. and insurance and, and all that extra stuff, it adds up really quick. Um, yeah. so, uh, just, yeah, just really getting the brand out there and, you know, we want to, we want to go to events again because I don't have to justify that we're going to somehow bring in a hundred thousand dollars from going to film GDC anymore. Like we could just mm-hmm. go do it, have a good time and give it to our audience. Um, so just, yeah, a lot of, a lot of structure work this year. I think, uh, you know, we've, we've got a really good start. I, there was no way in hell. I thought, you know, maybe by the end of March, we'll be at 500,000 subscribers already. I, nobody, nobody thought that was going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. so it's, yeah, it's a kind of a kind of a race against time to keep the momentum up and also just make sure we secure ourselves. And so that's yeah. where the other re- the other revenue streams come in, right? Cuz I don't I don't know. Like right now like we're 2 months in the Patreon and like we haven't seen a big dip, which is really good uh, cuz that mm-hmm. that's usually what happens is like they start really high and they dip really quick. Yeah. Um so the fact that we sustain that 2 months going into 3 months um actually makes me very confident uh but in, in general like I, i'm never one to rest on my laurels so you know sponsors and merch and all that is, is the next thing that we're really focused on and obviously our yeah. first uh our latest revenue report has the merch on it too which is something i fought for back at escapism and kept told kept being told there is no value in merch so i'm like <laughs> a little bit smug about putting those numbers up I'm like mm, interesting 
Yeah. When like <laughs> artists, for example, they don't like yeah. make any money off of touring. They make all their money from merch. Other creators yep. have also said that they make a lot of their income from merch. Yeah. Crazy for someone like, to be like, oh, there's no no benefit in having merch. Yeah, it's almost like lots if you, of examples. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you design stuff with like actual art on it and not just plastered the gamer's logo on something. Maybe people might buy it. <laughs> yeah, interesting. <laughs> um, I, I, something else that we, uh, we haven't even touched on yet that I, I'm not sure how much more you could talk about, but you've tweeted about some as your guys's, um, the second one publishing label. The Yahtzee's... Mm-hmm. Uh, developing Starstruck Vagabond that I believe is still launching spring of this year that will be your guys's like first um, published indie game. Uh, do you want to talk about how like how that came to be? Like wh- what are your what are your goals for the publishing label in general and how does that kind of work with Second Wind? Yeah. Um, so that, that's when we're we're figuring out. Still, uh, <laughs> might have jumped the gun on saying anything about that. <laughs> Out of the excitement. Um, so him, him and I are planning on releasing that game uh, before the summer, uh, and so we're wrapping that up now. As far as like the indie publishing label goes, like that's something again. Yahtzee and I kind of had talked about um, even back at Escape is like wanting to do like he, you know, he's really passionate about indie games. And, um, mm-hmm. I think he saw a lot of what like Donkey's doing and it's like, yeah. mm-hmm. we, we could, we could do that, uh, if we had a lot of money to give away. <laughs> so, um, we were talking with investors earlier this year about that. Um, I'm not sure we're going to go that route anymore. I think we want to really starstruck Vagabond under like, you know, a second wind label and kind of see where that goes. Um, mm-hmm. but beyond that, we're really not sure yet. You know, we've had people were kind of reach out like, Oh, would you be interested in publishing my game? I'm like, Oh, hold on a second. <laughs> uh, if we do anything in that realm, I think it'll be more of, um, kind of a, a late stage publishing thing where like we help provide marketing support and kind of get games over the finish line with like QA localization, yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, we don't really want it. We don't, don't have the means or the want really to publish the games from the ground up. I don't think. Um, that may change. I don't know, but, uh, in general, like I think with our team of critics and everything, like we can be a pretty good source of like curation for, you know, high quality indie games that we, we see potential and that want to help give over the finish line and kind of give a big boost to in terms of marketing yeah. support. Yeah. And I'm sh- sure you guys can also provide a lot of like consulting, um, mm-hmm. on that front too. You just, the content that you create, yeah, Yassi's, I know he's done lots, a big fan of indie games, and he's, yeah, making his own. It's You guys kind of have yeah. a, a unique perspective and can add a lot of a lot of quality and support to, yeah, late, late stage development. But, yeah, I, mm. I, I wondered if maybe that was a little jump of the gun. I was like, I haven't seen yeah. anything else since <laughs> you tweeted about that back in November. And I was like, well, I'm going to ask about it because uh, it's yeah, a... Yeah, it became... It became more realistic when we started really talking about investors and we kind of like, cause we, mm. you know, investors were very interested in second wind itself, the, the media right. side. And we don't want to be, we don't want to be beholden to anybody. And so like, I, it, you know, if there is one thing I learned, it's, it's kind of de- dealing with like big numbers um, and, and engaging with like venture capitalists and all that and kind of seeing where their heads at with stuff. And, you know, we yeah. just, when you have nine founders, it's really hard to bring an investor in and say like, yeah, we're going to give you 15% of the company, you know, right. Uh, for, for what exactly. Um, 
So we just, yeah, I think we just want to avoid, avoid any of that kind of route. Like definitely we will never touch venture capital money. You know, mm-hmm. if an investor comes in, we're looking for like an actual partner and not just an investor to just pay back. Yeah. And, um, so, but you know, if we do really well and like, you know, Yahtzee and I are figuring out what does, um, Starstruck Vagabond under a second win label look like, cause you know, he obviously he wants to be paid for the game and are we going to funnel that money back into the business to fund other projects or is he going to use that money to fund his, his own project or what? So, um, so there's just a lot of mm-hmm. kind of paperwork stuff to figure out like, what does that even look like if we do do that? Yeah, for anybody who thought that if you're going to work in games, that math wouldn't become a thing later on in your life. Um, no, math is always important. And you can watch all the Shark Week that you want. Not Shark Week. Shark Tank. Wait, what is Shark Tank? Thank you. I was I like, Shark, Shark Week. <laughs> you could also watch Shark Week. But I, yeah. You can watch all the Shark Tank you want, but you, you got to know how to think big picture and numbers. And yeah, that's yeah, I mean, my, interesting. My long-term like personal goal is to is to be either an indie scout or a, a, a publishing part of some way. And you know, second win. Love what I love what I do as editor in chief, but I have the bandwidth to do other things like that. I think, and a lot yeah. of our team, um, at, at the behest of a lot of people that hate games media, did in fact learn to code. Um, so we have a lot of game developers on the staff actually like working on their own projects. Yahtzee's making his game. J-Mate um, is working with a team making a game called The Bog. Uh, Amy Campbell works at SMG Studio. Will and mm-hmm. KC both work at Ubisoft. So we, yeah, we have a lot of ties in the actual industry itself. And that's why um, we're also staying away from like calling ourselves journalists or you know traditional games media where we're more commentary and critique so that we can do different projects like that kind of incorporate the two together yeah yeah even look at i mean i would love to see something like uh, mark brown is doing his developing series over at uh, game makers mm-hmm. toolkit i'd love to see yahtzee or anybody at your team break down kind of the the how and why that instructional stuff fascinates me even as somebody who is very far from knowing how to code <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't know how to code but i you know i've been <laughs> When I was thinking I'm going to get let go or whatever, I was looking at like a lot of pr- different producer roles or something like that mm-hmm. in the industry to get get my start. Uh, the only problem mm-hmm. is when you're you're making a good paycheck and you got to go down. <laughs> it's, kinda, it's, a, it's a hard task. Yeah. Well, Nick, we've covered a lot about Second Wind, but is there anything else we should have asked you about or is there something you want our listeners to know? No, I don't think so. I think I think my life is consumed by Second Wind right now. Just, uh, <laughs> You know, did the did the usual I'm gonna work out New Year's resolution. We'll see how long I stick to it. Uh, but uh, <laughs> aside from that, um, yeah, just lots and lots of second wind stuff right now. But uh, for for the first time though, in like 15 years of doing media, like I'm optimistic about the future, not like, oh God, am I gonna be doing this a year from now? Like I'm feeling like, yeah, okay, we, we've got this in the bag right now. Like. You know, let's keep it going. No, that's yeah. I, we talked with a lot of uh, reporters and other people in the media side of the industry, and especially this past year it has been there's a lot of news and closings and firings, and mm-hmm. it's it's easy to be really disheartened about the state of our industry. But you guys are a, a shining beacon <laughs> of hope, and I, it was great talking with you. And I I'm really looking forward to seeing how Second Wind continues to grow and. I'm sure Me you too. guys will continue to be successful because it's we need it. We need we need the that hope, but you guys are doing really great yeah. work and thank you. Yeah, thank you I for really sharing a lot of this with us. I hope 
I hope like what we did like for people that like are at these bigger corporate media outlets and like are going through the same shit we did is like realize like you don't need 10,000 people to pay to make you sustainable. Like, you know, there's, if you have a name and people follow your name, like that's worth more than working at, you know, GameSpot or IGN or anything that's ever going to be for you. So I don't know the way, the way (laughs) I mean, I, I don't regret, I don't regret my, my five years working in corporate media. Like I, you know, the people that got me into enthusiast game, I'm still friends with them. Uh, obviously they're, they're not part of enthusiast gaming anymore. The corporate vultures took it over. Um, you know, but I wouldn't have that opportunity without, you know, people like Minaj, uh, Kustabam who started enthusiast gaming and like gave me the opportunity to take over the escapist and make it my thing. So, um, yeah. You know, for a lot of people, I think like going into corporate media isn't a terrible option. Just don't rely on it for the rest of your career. Use it as a springboard, you know, basically use it to build yeah. your audience and then, and then go independent. Like there's no reason to stick around and, and hate your life working for these people that don't understand media at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll i say as someone who's the, not even from the media side, but if someone's listening and they're on the PR side, I've also been in that boat where I worked for the corporate America and was a terrible working experience and was let go and was like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? It's not the end of the world. Gained very valuable work experience. And I'm now at a company that like actually values, values me as an employee. And I get to do this podcast and get, I have get to have my own ideas and stretch muscles that I couldn't do before. And don't not to say don't work for like a large corporate media company or, PR agency or just whatever industry you're in, like there's lots to learn from it, but yeah, don't, don't rely on it for the rest of your life because it's like we talked about, it's ran by people who are just concerned about the the bottom line and the numbers and not you as a human and sometimes don't know what they're doing and don't know what's best because they're not the ones actually reading the content or watching it or looking at PR reports. And it's just, they've got one goal and, it's it's not yours so yeah yeah Yeah, uh, it it feels weird to say but like you know working at ign or or anything like that to me for a lot of people should be seen as a stepping stone into going independent (laughs) yeah (laughs) used to be the opposite way you start on your own and then go you know corporate but i think using corporate and you know like hey you know i'll stick around for three to five years if i can if i don't get laid off before then and by that time like all right time to control my own future and go on my own way yeah if you can but there's we we have a we have a very special set of circumstances where you know we have yahtzee and jack packard and all that people like established audiences that you know we help build off of um so like obviously our our story isn't going to be the same for everybody else but you know i think really any you know any team of people can go independent as long as you have a team of people that work well together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and well, build yeah. build those relationships throughout your careers. And there are mm-hmm. amazing people who work at IGN and Gamespot, and people who still work at the Escapist. And I hope one day they they can have a better work environment and get to get to do what they they want to do and are not always pulled into the. The, you need 10 million views for this or like the SEO yeah. and the click rates of things. Yeah. I'm a SEO to me is a dirty as a term as AI these days now. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Well, Nick, uh, thank you again for your time and your insight. It's immensely appreciated, and it was great learning all about the the ins and outs of Second Wind and how it came to be. Where can the people find Second Winds and uh, the merch and everything else that's coming out of uh, the company right now? Sure. Uh, yeah, our handle on everything is uh, Second Wind Group. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Patreon, YouTube. Yeah, we have a live channel, Second Wind Live. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick J. Cal if you want to hear me bitch about things or occasionally post about the game I'm completing. <laughs> but uh, other than that, yeah, just uh, yeah, check out all the different creators that you haven't heard of before. I think you'll find a lot to like. Yeah. Yeah. We'll quick quick note for your Patreon. Yeah, we'll link to it. Quick note to anybody who wants to support you guys. Your Patreon tier starts at $1 a month. The the tip yep. jar, there's supporter for $3 a month. 5, 10. You you guys have lots of tiers and it's very easily digestible and you know what you're getting um but yeah if definitely go support these guys one dollar is it's not even it's not even a coffee but yeah it looks to get access <laughs> to discord and yeah, when, you, uh, when, yeah. you t- when you when you tell people like you could you could fund an entire media org like with three or four people if ten thousand people gave you a dollar a month like that's yeah. how that's all it takes it's one dollar yeah and so i think uh i think a lot of the messaging on like crowdfunding patreon stuff like that is just like collective effort people need to remember that like you don't i don't need mm-hmm. you to give me 25 bucks a month <laughs> you should give me one yeah <laughs> yeah again yeah you can find all of the links to that uh, in the description of the episode you can find this podcast everywhere at real-time strats you can email us questions at podcast at triple point pr.com nick thank you so much again for your time huge congrats on the launch of second wind we cannot wait to keep following everything that's coming out and the continue to follow the success thank you thank you for having me of course and until next time thank you all so much for listening thanks bye